voting. It's a right, a privilege, and an obligation. How are we using the internet to get out the vote, and why is it so important? We've got a panel of volunteers, activists, and mobilized citizens who are exercising their right to podcast about voting. Yeah, round of applause. Please welcome journalist Marley Klaus, documentary filmmaker slash political activist Leslie Sackheim, and musician Doug Osborne. Thank you guys for coming and for podcasting with me. And of course, my lovely co-host, Lori Roggenkamp. Uh, we do have a fun and fascinating show in store for you, but first, I need to get a little bit dramatic. What's on the ballot is our lives and our future, our country and our planet. Air, water, soil, health care, civil rights, LGBTQ rights, women's rights, human rights, safety, truth, kindness. Being an American citizen is a blessing and a privilege, but it comes with responsibility. Our Constitution has served as a model of representative government, which provides liberty and justice out of many, one, a more perfect union. All of these ideals are now being tested. The world is watching. Marley Klaus. She started and ran California Connected, a regional award-winning public television news magazine. They covered elections in a nonpartisan manner. She is a former 60 Minutes writer slash producer. Marley, can you tell us how and why you volunteer? Yeah. Um, well, I did not expect to, uh, to be this involved in any of this um, at all. Um, I, I got involved because I sat and watched the, what happened in the election. And then all of the hate and vitriol. What happened and, in the election? Um, <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, and and it really was so uh, appalling. Part of part of I've been resolutely bipartisan my entire life because I've been a journalist. I've been you know my job was to cover and to focus on this. California Connected was a public television show that aired on uh, all of the public television stations in the state of California, and we were resolutely bipartisan. And I hope to continue to be so. Um, but what happened right now, there was a, a while back I was, this is a little personal, but a while back I actually visited Auschwitz. And I remember wandering around thinking, who would I have been at that point? Who would I have been? And and really what I got struck by was I, I might have been the wheedling, uh, sort of people-pleasing, thinking I could you know, work work around and survive uh, by convincing and being nice to whoever was in charge. And I promised myself then that if I ever saw things going so awry that I would speak up because I've made a history of not speaking up, of sitting and just reporting on. And I, you know, you got to be careful what you um, promise because, um, you know, I, I remember I, I have part of the reason I feel like we're in the situation we're in is because all of us, many of us, thought that somebody else was going to do it, that democracy was going to be done by somebody else, that there were professional people, that they were involved and it would be fine, and that our system of government has all the checks and balances, and even if it goes a little awry, it'll get fixed. And, um, you know, I, I was pretty naive and pretty ignorant for someone who's been covering, you know, public policy and, and journalism for a long time. Um, you know, this is not uh, a... We, it's a participation sport. We have what we have now because we ceded democracy to the professionals mm -hmm. and they we've professionally been driven into a ditch. Well, we have trusted that our checks and balances were, were so uh, delicately and carefully interwoven that they that they would right. hold. Right. They're being tested. And while we were looking the other way and living our lives, they're being they have been undermined. And and it's not that, you know, one of the part, part of the problems is you you. 
my disincentive for getting involved was everyone thinks, well, you know, I, what can I do? I am a person. What does my vote matter? I am one vote. Well, that's fine, I guess, if you can think that way. But what we are all together is powerful. Mm -hmm. And that is what, you know, that, and I can't do more than my part, but I have an obligation to do my part. And it may not have the outcome I want. But the other thing I accept is we are now in this for the long haul. One of the things, the mistakes that a lot of us made was, well, I'll work really hard for this election. And that, no, we what we have learned is this has got to be part of our lives from now on. Mm -hmm. We were wrong. I was wrong. And I feel like I personally have to make amends for keeping my mouth shut at dinner tables when terrible things were being said, when, you know, uh, all sorts of policies were being made and not speaking up and not participating in my community, in my city, in my state. I am a citizen. While I am a journalist and a writer, I am also a citizen who has an obligation to other citizens. You're beyond woke. I don't, I don't know waking, about that. You're waking others. I don't know about so that. So just to show you the importance of one vote, on the phone we have Mamie Chen, who's uh, zooming in from Hong Kong. Mamie, are you there, Mamie? Oh, sorry. I'm in here now. Is this, this is Hong Kong behind you. It's beautiful. It is. Well, yeah. oh, wow. I didn't know Hong Kong was so wood paneled. Yeah. <laughs> very Ikea wood paneled. Yeah, very. Yeah. So you are, tell us your story. You, your vote matters to you. It does. So basically, I am a U.S. citizen, but I've been living in Hong Kong for 11 years now. Um, and I do intend to return. And that's a, um, probably within the next three to four years. And it's an important detail because as a overseas voter, if um, it affects what I'm eligible to vote for. So if my return were uncertain, then I could only vote in the federal elections for presidency, Senate, and Congress. But because I can check off that box that says I do intend to return, then I can also vote in the local elections. Um, and so Nevada is my last date of residency, and that continues to be my U.S. voting residence address. Um, and so technically, even though I live in Hong Kong, I vote in the state of Nevada. How long is the flight? It's 12 hours to get to San Francisco and then a transfer. Do you have a Kindle? <laughs> I've got my iPad. Okay, so. okay, we're good, we're good. I have um, a, oh, sorry, I have a, a, a weird question, but yeah. I know that Hong Kong is dealing with some issues right now with the with their issues with government overreach and everything. Do you, do you guys oftentimes try and see who has it worse at this point in time, <laughs> just to see, like, which government is falling faster <laughs> or having more problems, I guess? <laughs> It's going to be a, a contest to watch, I think. Yeah. It's a race to the bottom. All right. No, but I know there's a lot of citizen activism in Hong Kong. I watched a movie about what's the young man, uh, Joshua. Joshua Wong. Yes. Very impressive. And how are, so how are things going in Hong Kong? Um, it's, it is going, um, I, if you talk to a lot of people, not like the expats, I guess, that are watching it. So the other Americans, certainly there's, um, it, it, it doesn't feel good, to be honest. I mean, from a, a democratic perspective, um, I mean, because the, the Chinese government is basically there are elections, but they they are basically provided. The Communist Party is providing all of the candidates. So it isn't really uh, truly a, a, um, a true democracy. So it seems like they're giving you guys lip service, but they're still just intent upon their agenda. Yes. I see. All right. I'm going to let you go. Mamie, um, call us from Nevada next week as you vote. I will. And um, we'll check back in with you. And we applaud your effort. It's uh, really outstanding and commendable. Thank you. Yes, I thank appreciate that. You represent citizenship. Yay. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, she's adorable.
I used to have this attitude of like the normal Ray. Um, I saw this movie when I was a kid, and and I remembered in the movie the gentleman who's speaking to Sally Fields was saying like, you know, people aren't dumb; they're just tired. And so I used to have this attitude of like, yeah, that's that's like common people is they just have like a full time job and. You know, so I didn't have to worry about politics because it was like, I'm not dumb. I'm just tired. Mm -hmm. I have a full time job. I'm going to school. I'm doing all you know, I don't have I shouldn't have to worry about politics. I should trust that people are going to like you said, trust that the professionals are going to take care of it. And with this election and with everything going on, I've just realized that no, like I have to take, um, you know, a more present you know, stance in, in everything, because it's like, it's the people, it's the government for the people. And if we're not participating, then they're just going to go and do whatever they think the people who are participating want. And I think that's been the problem. That's really It's been exciting, though, um, with this go round of all the different ways you could get involved. <clears throat> and so it's really what I've said to people is like, there's so many different ways to get involved, even if you're really busy. Um, there's like vote forward. You could be writing letters at night to uh, voters who are registered but haven't voted in a long time. So, you know, you can do a couple of those at night. I mean, you can tweet um, or you, you, you can also um, go on and text um, voters. You can you can uh, do postcards. I mean, really, there people have this idea that you could either only be all in or or not participate. And what's happened is there have been so many creative ways to get involved mm -hmm. this time that it's been kind of fun. Can you each yeah. tell uh, tell me, Leslie uh, Sackheim, how you how you get how you get involved and what you're what you do? Well, first of all, you know, after like going through my whole, all the stages of grief. We did that, yeah. And um, going <laughs> through free therapy on Facebook. I'm still in denial. I haven't pushed past that. Yeah. Not I, my president. <laughs> you know, and, and what frustrates me is everybody goes on Facebook or social media and they complain, but that's about it, you know. And uh, I, I actually ended up getting together one evening with Marley for dinner, mm -hmm. and um, she was the person who got me involved. We got involved in a uh, congressional campaign, and then she uh, got me involved in uh, postcards to voters dot org. Okay, tell me about that. So, which is wonderful. I mean, like you, Marley was just saying, there's so many different ways to do it. This is something you can do in your home. You can have parties. You can invite your friends and get together and do these handwritten um, postcards um, to targeted voters. And there's a Facebook page for it, correct? Yes, it's postcardstovoters.org. Mm -hmm. And they're targeting voters, um, giving Democrats a winning edge in close key races across the country. And um, so far, there's been three million of postcards that have been written. Wow, that's awesome! If Sorry. I were if I were that person, though, I'd just be writing like, "Having a great time. Wish you were voting." And I'd I'd be I'd be writing silly. I'd be <laughs> tempted to like put stickers. I don't know. Is that okay? No, no. Oh, they well, do. Well, yeah, Absolutely. they put stickers or they do artwork. But mm -hmm. but what it is? It's started by Tony the Democrat, who um, is in Texas. He used to be a tiger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what they, and what they do is each of the campaigns basically give you a few things that they really they insist has to be on each postcard and then you can personalize. And then from it. there you can right okay. I mean I have one friend I did it I had a party a couple of weeks ago and now I have one friend who does it every single weekend. You know they do these parties like every yeah every yeah. Sunday and it is it's like she Marley brought over you know a box of markers and postcards. Oh, so they're really having fun with it. Yeah, and, and it's. Doug, tell us about what you do, because you also have put some some interesting groups together. I'm involved in quite a few groups, probably too many, probably spreading myself a little thin. 
<laughs> we've we've found that unfortunately postcarding is probably the least efficient way to reach voters although when they do get it it helps um unless any of us have pack money do we have a billion dollars laying around money. we don't have enough well, to I actually just gave away my pack exactly Oops. we don't have enough to buy to TV my other ads. pants the yeah. next <laughs> most effective thing to do is knock on doors i you, do that i knock on doors do. for salute carbajal in santa barbara I have People done are nice. in three or four different places. They give you a vetted list. You're not knocking on every door. You're not faced with people who they know won't talk to you. They believe these people are willing to speak. Can I just say this? You also get to see your town in a different way. Well, I haven't done it in my town. Culver okay. City oh. has the best congressperson in the world, Karen Bass. Right. So we don't have to get her to do anything. So how do, how do we feel about people who live in one congressional district campaigning for another congressional district? It's a good question. Uh, why not? I mean, it's all all every single one of these congressional uh, candidates in members of Congress will affect um, mm. our, our lawmaking. So mm. why why would we not get involved? Do people ask you? Yeah. Do you live here? Actually, you know, no. I actually have said I'm. I care so much about what's mm -hmm. going on that I am driving down here. I am not from here. I I drive an hour to come talk, knock on doors in your district, and people are interested. People, Often, and it's been it's been awesome experience uh, meeting people. Often when I canvass, I put Culver City. I, I put it, take a name tag, and write my city on there. And I'm wearing my indivisible CA 37, and they say, "Where's 37? That's not my district." Mm -hmm. So. I'm being very upfront, and it does cause conversations. Yeah. Now, we and were talking before the show it. about you guys are really experienced and well-versed at this, so if, the, if you get some pushback, you have responses that you've kind of customized. So can you can you talk about well, some of those? Well, first of all, I, the, the experience that we have comes from doing it. I mean, right. you know, I don't know about you guys, but I, I have never uh, done this kind of canvassing before. I have never done any of this, um, in part because I was, you know, definitely outside of it and covering it. Um, but so some of the some of the things you run into people of, of all political persuasions, I mean, including, you know, even though they're houses with people that are in ostensibly persuadable, they also have Trump family members, people who are diehard, who literally I had, a, I had a conversation with one guy who told me that Fox never lies. And if I could give him one instance of Fox ever lying, um, he would, you know, so I've That's had such those a softball. I know. I've what, had, what did you open with? <laughs> there, you know what? There's. I had, don't have time because we have to, we have to get to the people that that uh, may not be informed, may be too busy to know what's going on, may not know where their polling place is, um, may have some issues that they really are concerned about, may have gotten some disinformation. Um, you know. So so I met a contractor um, and his wife. He tends to vote Republican. She tends uh, to to vote on both sides. That was one of the houses I knocked on the door. Um, you know, he he was concerned about sanctuary cities, and so was she. Um, and and he was and and the caravan, the the, the people coming. That's a big um, issue in Orange County. I know. That's where I was. Yeah. I was in Orange County. Yeah. And and you know, part of it is is that that's a just a, a story. And I said, look, I, I have 
friends who are on the border patrol. I have absolute faith in in that our border guards and and homeland security will make a decision when these people present themselves at the thing about whether or not they should be there. I also know that um, my law enforcement agency says that they should not act as an agent as an arm of immigration because it makes our city less safe because people then won't come forward to report crime, won't be in witnesses to crime. And so there's a problem. So I don't know about you, but I am going with my law enforcement agencies. And if that's what they say they don't want to be, I'm for them. And 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 conversely, I asked the contractor, the guy runs the contract, are you having a hard time finding workers? He said, yes, I really am. I said, if people are hysterical and over-emotional about immigration instead of pragmatic, then there's going to be no reasonable uh, work solutions and, and cross-border work. And, and, and he hadn't thought about that. In fact, he said a lot of his workers come across the border, but he hadn't thought about the fact of what uh, buying into hyped emotional stuff instead of let's just work together. Uh, businesses need workers. Uh, we need sensible law enforcement. We need to work as a community. And we do have difference of opinion about what is the right level of immigration, I suppose. And we need to work together instead of being hysterical on the extremes. And and that's my problem with the whole thing is that it's enough with the hyped extreme. Let's or, actually or get just kind of like stoking fears and weaponizing fear. Correct. And I mean, it's a tactic that's been used throughout histories. Right. So, it, you know, I guess you can say like, well, of course they're going to try. I mean, there's going to there's Huns, you know, and so right. you have to vote for me as Pope because, you know, we don't want hordes of Huns running off with your baby. Uh, the, those Huns. The Huns can be nasty. Uh, well, that, that, see, that's the thing that I don't understand. I, I recently got in an argument with a, a family friend about this where it was like, you know, there are actual things on the ballot that I feel like are are detrimental or can it help it hurt or improve our way of our actual way of life, specifically like us as citizens. I don't think the caravan is going to do that. And so it's just crazy to me. Like, I I don't understand how in, even in this day and age, people aren't recognizing this as a scare tactic. Well, because it they use it because it works. Right. And so, you know, Jews were scapegoated in Europe. Uh, during during World War Two, and and you can go back history, 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 and this is what helps control people is to somehow make them, you know. And there's always like an underlying base of like why we should be afraid because I don't want someone crashing into my house right now and taking all of the cold cuts off our off our table. You know, those are our cold cuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna eat those. But, right, you know. and so there is this invasion fear that humans have, like the neighboring tribe might come over and take our women or something and so you can stoke that fear but believing that we're only safe if no one ever comes here that doesn't make any sense realistically or we wouldn't be here this wasn't our land and it's just it's frightening what you can do just using people's base fears but and but you know what? What I've noticed too is what I, I'm hearing, which I don't know if I've just been living um, in a bubble my entire life. But how many racist people there are? How many anti-Semitic people there are? A friend of mine who's a writer who goes to this local bar in Hollywood uh, was just telling us a story about um, two guys that he knew from the bar. Two, you know, kind of local white guys. And how they just started going off about Jews and how Jews want to steal their money and and uh, 
finally one of them walked out he he after talking to the guy and probably a few beers he was able to convince him that jews aren't so bad but oh uh, thank god yeah <laughs> well but, so is this are they getting this off of breitbart or exactly off of, like what, exactly. Are they, what are they listening to because i just think that it's you can dredge up these old stories about uh, something to be afraid of or some some reason to hate somebody who who has something you don't have or believe that they're ill-gotten gains or something. Their tribe. I think it's they a... They love listening to their tribe. Yeah, always an underlying fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. So it's like even if you're... You don't understand. Like I, I still have... When uh, I was recently talking to my mom and I was like, oh, so-and-so is gay from where we grew up. And she goes, aw... Like she was upset about it, and I'm like, "Mom, I'm gay." <laughs> like, 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 like what? and she was like, "No, I didn't mean that. I just meant like." And so it's like it's just this like inherent thing I think in people, yeah. Where it's just like they just have this like idea of like people have to be this specific way, and if they're not, then their first reaction is, "Oh, well, something must be wrong with them." I I really do feel like though that that the focus, our focus, has got to be just pragmatic, which is you know explaining, trying the the why why we're in this you know people are the way they are you know maybe that's the subject of art or something else right now it's like let's get specific and 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 get specific about for me that's why knocking on doors is Mm -hmm. important and and encountering anybody who is will frankly anybody's willing to have a conversation we need to have it with them i mean there are going to be the small percentage that are not going to be willing to have the conversation but but the man running the contracting business he was willing to have the conversation and i'm willing to have the conversation i re- met an evangelical minister in texas and we had a conversation oh, wow. and and you know he is afraid you know about guns but if you talk to him his guns going to be taken away from him if you if you talk to him for any length of time though um we 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 are we actually can find a whole lot of things no one wants terrorists have guns no one wants crazy people to have guns you know probably there's some ways of making your guns like only responsible responsive to your fingerprints i mean there's some normal things like some overlap that i think we can get to reasonable right if you're having conversations he's concerned that it's going to go so far that that it's extreme right that so whole slippery slope but argument. that's but that's, that's why, what the nra wants you to think but that's why knocking on doors and having conversations and not keeping our yeah. mouths shut has to happen. I really, I really like that because my fear has always been when I when I think about doing door to door because I've just immediately when you said door to door I said I will never do that. <laughs> so and I, I, I like think it. you changed my mind because yeah. because my fear has always been dealing with the crazy people. But I like how you kind of do triage door to door where you just kind of go like, well, this person's not work. You know, like this person is not going to have a conversation, so I'm going to move on to the next. So I think that that's good to kind of think you can have the second question okay yeah the second question is if someone says i i i only i always vote republican and i said can you tell me a little bit about why because because sometimes you'll get you know there is nothing there but sometimes like one of the guys said i'm libertarian i don't think there should be any else i said oh tell me so so then how do you feel about women's right to choose Are, are you happy about no i don't like the fact there's legislation about that and I said, well, then really you've got a situation where you've got Republicans in the House, the Senate, and the press. So that means that they cannot have a conversation with the rest of us and just make any law they want. So you should think about checks and balances. You should vote only Democrat for 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 that so you can have some checks and balances and throw a monkey wrench into the yeah. lawmaking. You know, there are conversations worth having. 
And I think that that's also, sorry, but that people always think that they have to be hardline Republican or Democrat. Mm. I, there are many times where I voted on a Republican on an issue, you know, and I'm I'm very much a Democrat. So I think that, yep. like, I think people need to stop thinking that it's us versus them sort of thing. It's it's more just like, what do you, what works for you and your right. family? So. What are some of the conversations you've run into, Doug? I went down to Santa Ana before their primary because we were afraid that there would be no Democrat on the ballot. That there would be two Republicans. Mm-hmm. The, the numbers weren't top two go on the ballot. Yeah, they weren't great for us. And I got partnered. I had done some door knocking before. That was fine. Canvassing was okay by me. She'd never done it. She was a wealthy woman from Brentwood, and she had just moved back from Australia. Although she was an American citizen born here, and I knocked on a door. We got some apartment buildings. So a varied mix of people. I would knock on a door. I'd say, hi, I'm Doug, and this is blah, 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 and we're here to talk about this. And then by the third one, she grabbed me, and she said, okay, I got this. And she knocked on the door said, are you voting in this primary? Do you know how important it is? Do you know that you've never had good representation? She laid into these people, no matter where they were on the spectrum. They loved it. She loved it. I just stood back and said, Wow. <laughs> I think you found your footing. It's a lot yep. more fun than you think. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And, and, and you're, the thing to remember is you're not being sent. They, it's, you have an app, the PDI app. They are, you're doing targeted houses, and, you've, and you're going to, to places the campaign is determined to be yeah. persuadable. Worthwhile. I mean, it sounds interesting. Specifically, you will be voting for your congressional representative. Uh, they run every two years. You may also be voting for a senator, a governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, secretary of state, state senator, and state assembly member. If you would like to see checks and balances applied to Trump, or as the media calls it, a grown-up in the room, you should vote for the Democrat on your ballot. And that is my humble opinion. So a question for the panel. What uh, has happened to the Republican Party? I, I grew up in Philadelphia. I grew up in the... Uh, the Philadelphia story version of Philadelphia. And it was a very, it was conservative. Did you have the fancy accent? <laughs> no, no. I, but I did grow up in, in Order. that part of Philadelphia and that brand of many, most of my friends were, were from Republican families. What were true conservatives. I, what I object to right now is this, whatever this is, is not conservative. The, the, yeah. the, it is a misuse of the word. And the word has got to stop being applied to whatever this is. This is not conservative. There's nothing conservative about disregarding the Constitution. There's nothing conservative about ripping kids out of out of families and holding them or offering them up for a random adoption to other people. There's nothing conservative about what's going on. It is borderline fascist. It is. It is. It is extremism. It is hijacking. It is, it, it, yeah, yeah. It is absolutely hijacking. not conservative. And and what's happening now? This is not. We're not talking about a partisan. We're talking about defending democracy right now we are not talking about Republican frankly or 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 a Democrat at this point we're talking about say there are many 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 Republicans who say this in fact I met many Republicans this last last weekend I was canvassing down in 48 Dana, the one that's mm-hmm. we're trying to get rid of Dana Rohrbacher Harley, and so it's Harley Dana Rushabacher yeah Harley Ruda. Um, and I met many, many Republicans that are rabidly voting uh, blue this time because they want to send a message that this is not the Republican Party that they grew up with and that they want to continue being part of. And they're not responsive. And what's more is many of these uh candidates, especially like Rohrabacher, and are not responsive. He hasn't had mm-hmm. a meeting with his constituents. He doesn't care about what's going on. He is voting for, you know, drilling off the coast of California, which no one in that district wants. 
So how are things looking for Harley? I, I felt really good about it. I was down in Laguna Beach. Now I'm going to go, I'm actually curious. I'm going to go canvassing Costa Mesa, which I understand is a little tougher. So I'm going to, I'm sort of curious, but I also been canvassing for Katie Porter and I felt really good about where Harley Ruta was from an anecdotal point of view. We mm-hmm. have no idea. Right. Um, one thing that um, you didn't mention was uh, uh, the a woman by the name of Carol Corrigan, who's an associate justice, um, who needs to uh, get voted on uh, approval for California Supreme Court. Okay. And uh, uh, she has voted twi- uh, voted twice against mar- marriage equality. Okay. Not too many people are aware of this. Uh, and that's on the California ballot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And but judges don't have a political affiliation, right? So I sort of left right. judges off my list because sometimes it's just based on what you know about the judges. Right. She, well, we thought they didn't, but now we realize that they, they probably do. They do. Well, cause yeah, she, we've learned a lot. Yeah. She uh, originally was appointed by uh, one of the Republican governors. I think it was Schwarzenegger. But... I think that we need to draw awareness to this because I think when people get to the judges, they just they either they don't guess. vote yeah. or they just they guess. They and guess. Your dad was a judge. That's right. right. My father was a judge, and um, he had run in the election, but it was very very different back in those days. It was yes, Doug. My wonderful wife Susan Osborne, mm-hmm. who could have been on the show, but I'm here. Um, she helped our Indivisible group run a picnic this summer. Oh, yes, the it picnic. Was a wonderful thing, the persistence picnic, and we plan to have another one next, last year. One of our esteemed congressional representatives, who's a great guy, didn't show up at the last minute. So we also had some of the judges who were on that ballot show up, and they, because he didn't show up, they had time to talk. So I got to- So who's to, good? Who we, should we be looking at? Um, I'll, I'll, you can, I'll you can give look you that up and later. get back with I'll me. Give you a note oh, go, I'm sorry, Patty yeah. Hunter. Patty, Patty Hunter, Hunter was there. She spoke. Yes. She's very quiet. She wasn't used to speaking in public, but her ideas are awesome. She's great. Okay, Patty Hunter, awesome. Uh, we do a feature on the show called The Number One List of the Week um, because we don't have time for more than one, but the internet itself does love lists. Have you noticed? Uh, <laughs> the U.S. has one of the lowest voter turnouts of all industrialized democratic countries. For a country born out of a yearning for freedom, it's truly sad that we don't exercise the rights that are denied to so many around the world. We remain complacently unaware of what could go wrong. Warning, it is going wrong and you do need to act. I have looked through many of the Internet's top reasons to vote and written a few of my own. Here is my top 10 reasons to vote. Number 10, voting is our great equalizer. Both Bill Gates and you have the same number of votes. One vote. Number nine, hundreds of thousands of Americans have died to protect your right to vote. You owe it to them to exercise it. In the words of Tom Hanks, to Private Ryan, earn it. Number eight, bad people are elected by the good people who did not vote. Number seven, refusing to vote isn't rebellion, it's surrender. Number six, your fellow citizens are depending on you. Number five, voting is how you define yourself as part of something larger than yourself. It's how your voice contributes to our nation's most important conversation. Number four, you vote so that people will take you more seriously. Three, vote so you can complain with integrity. Elections belong to the people. It's their decision. If they decide to turn their back on the people and burn their behinds, then they will have to sit on their blisters. That is a quote from Abraham Lincoln. I thought it was Kanye. Number two, Kanye, yeah. Number two, vote to honor Ben Franklin's challenge to us all. Following the close of the Constitutional Convention, he was asked, so what have we got, a republic or a monarchy? He answered, a republic, if you can keep it. And number one, 
vote because you get a sticker. <laughs> so um, can anyone else add to that list? I just want to, I don't know if anybody saw John Oliver this last yes. Sunday where he was plugging the uh, vote411.org, which is a wonderful site for anybody to go on to. It's, it's, uh, it's like a one-stop shop for election-related info. Okay. And um, you can go in there and it will also lead you to other sites. Yeah, and the other one is votersedge.org, which is, uh, I think, put together by the League of Women Voters, and it is a nonpartisan. It basically gathers all of the information about candidates and and races and things like that. Awesome. And there's also another one called uh, easyvoterguide.org, and um, that also uh, allows um, you to download in different languages. So you can download it in English, Spanish, Chinese, Vietnamese, and Korean. Now, we were having a conversation before the show where you were saying that Dan has to go to India and that his absentee ballot hadn't come, and then Doug figured out where he can early vote in California. So let, let's go over how that how that process unfolded and and how to find out where you can early vote if you suddenly realize, oh, I'm not going to be home on Tuesday. Okay, so Dan applied for an absentee ballot, which has not arrived yet, and he leaves on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So uh, what does he do? So Doug... uh, (laughs) I I use this thing called Google. (laughs) Oh. And I said, Wait, Encino, how do, how do you early you voting. You have to say, like, Encino, hey, hey, Google. Hey, hey Siri. All right, who's be- I, I asked okay. Alexa one time, in, who's better, anyway. Siri so or Alexa? So you just Googled um, Encino early voting. That's all I Googled, and it came up. I showed her the location. Well, but explain what can happen in California, because we're in California. Yeah. That that you can go to the early voting place. You can say you, you're going to be out. You can file. You can you can vote provisionally. And frankly, anybody, but this is what I did not know. Even if you are not registered to vote, you can, even up till election day, go and file a provisional registration and a provisional ballot in California, yep. right? And they will count the provisional ballot if they need to, but you will you will be signed up. You will be registered at that point. So today is a really good day for you to say, oh, what, what's my plan for Tuesday? Put a plan together because Tuesday comes and goes. You've got to make sure that you have voted. It's not just voting day. It's voting deadline. You You can can, vote now in many states. You can request a permanent absentee voter status up until seven days before the election. So I think you may have a few more hours today. But you can't vote after Tuesday. No. Those are, that's one thing we cannot provide you with. Um, Three ways to volunteer on election day. Uh, This is from Points of Light. One is become an election worker. And then you get to like, probably like pocket all the stickers you want, right? Um, (laughs) Two- Shuttle people to and from the polls. And three, get involved with the campaign to help out the vote. So we have one more weekend. What do you guys recommend that people do if they're saying, okay, I'm looking at this one weekend before Tuesday and I really want to help out? Um, what, what they, should they make do? it really, really easy, the campaign. So you can go down to Katie Porter. Basically, look around. It's part of the reason that these districts are called flippable was and there and frankly there are more districts than the overtly flippable the, the officially deemed flippable ones are districts where Hillary won but the Republican either held on or became a Republican congressional seat part of the reason in most of these districts that happened is people went into the voting booth and just voted for president and walked out had people just gone down ballot and voted for their congressional representative they would have already been uh, blue seats. Okay, so, so they it's just really hadn't done enough preparation. It's really important, exactly, to 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 get the information and to make sure to fill out 
all parts of the ballot. They're all important. You know what I think is a great practice, and I do this with my friend Fritz Coleman. Um, I we get out our ballots that come in the mail, our sample ballots, and we just go over them. And I also do it with my nephew, who's a smarty pants, and he studied all of he he and his girlfriend study all the propositions. So just make it a family event or a friend event where you go to Starbucks with your sample ballots, and you just. And you fill it out, right? And you just go over like, what is this proposition about? Dialysis? What does it mean? Like, what what are what's on one side? What's on the other side? Because the the ads are confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah. I'm a dentist, and I, you know, I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah you can. They answer a trap, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you, can the ads. you can you can go on to any of these nonpartisan sites, and you can look at. I, I basically look at what do all the newspapers. I'll go to the Sacramento Bee. I'll go to the L.A. Times. I'll go to look at all the different news organizations and see what their endorsements are. Then I also then go to organizations that that I am interested in and they you'll find that there's disagreement on many of them but you look at what is the reasoning behind mm-hmm. the you know the pro or the con who's paying for this and ad? then and then the other thing is exactly is to look at what which organizations are supporting each of the different sides and a friend of ours like goes on um, and looks at who the republicans supporting and just does the opposite <laughs> okay. I asked my dad. <laughs> yeah, and you can ask your dad. I, uh, but if you fill it out with friends, then when you right. walk into the booth, you just open it and, like, at right. least in California, where we stick a thing in a thing and then we make dots. Uh, I don't know. But it's different in every state. Like, sometimes it's just electronic, but you're still using your sample ballot, right? Yeah. yeah. Everyone gets a sample ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just bring it in. Now, Marley, I know that you um, had told me something about texting. Yeah, the, well, the text banking, that's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, you know, they've made it really easy to to uh, text um, other people and, and campaigns all over the country. But the, oh, and, the and the other thing about voting, though, is that making making a plan to vote, making taking other people with you. This is not like um, a one on one. Your plan alone is not enough. Go find two or three other people and take them. Um, there's a new thing now to get students to vote. Um, mm-hmm. There's a thing called um, a band of voters. It was started by a couple. Oh, of, yeah, we have a that couple link. of um, uh, local artists, actually. And they're 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 calling it party with a purpose. Right. And they're doing uh, campaigns. And, and, and they have an incredible group of young activists. You should go see the videos about all these different young activists, including uh, March for Our Lives has been partying, partying wow. with them and a bunch of other activists of all sorts. Um, and they're doing uh, parties on college campuses, a variety all over. And this is a beginning movement. And it's exci- exciting. There's actually I think the first parties are tomorrow or Halloween parties. Yeah. And you can watch all the videos because you may have um, some uh, some issue that's just really important to you for whatever reason. And so there's there, there's um, different it's advocates. On Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on Instagram as well. But, it, but there's there different advocates who, who who believe strongly about gun violence prevention LGBTQ rights, immigration reform, women's rights, environmentalism, livable wage, schools, not prisons, social justice, student debt relief, and the list goes on. And so what matters to you, you can determine and then you can find a candidate who is aligned with what, right. what you know, where your core beliefs are. So like a lot of times when you turn 18, you're just like, I don't even know what I believe, but you, you actually believe more than you realize. And, and your politicians have more to say about the things you believe than you realize. Right. When you turned 18, did you want to vote? Oh yeah, I couldn't wait. Me too. Yeah, no, I was excited I, about. I did not. <laughs> really? I uh, I just didn't. It, it was like it was sort of like having a a book 
assignment due that I just didn't know the I just hadn't read. But if you did it with friends, then no. It but my my what my dad had done was he would just talk to me about it, and that's I what you were saying was just just talk to people about it. Like right. I think when you take the pressure away from it, when you make it seem like um I work as a special ed aide at a high school, and there there's a girl in there right now who says that she was like, oh, I'm shocked that my parents are Republican, and I didn't think that they were Republican. She's like, well, I guess I'm Republican now, and I was like, well, you know, if you want to be Republican, be Republican. Republican, but see what right. hear what they have to say you know also like you know disagree feel free to dis i disagree with my dad all the time on certain things so i think that like it's just beneficial to just have a dialogue yeah we always had the conversations and when i would ask well, what's the difference between a democrat and a republican my dad would say well republicans believe more in states rights and and um Democrats believe more in a strong central government. And so that's all I thought it was. And I, I think he really didn't want to prejudice me. He wanted me to decide for myself. And things have just become more splintered, at, you know, and it doesn't need to be that way. You know, what really blows me away is these relatives that I have that are now Republican. And I mean, hardcore and they Republican. Were hippies, right? And yet yeah, some of them were hippies, but there, there are other ones. They were Democrats. So, so what happened? Are they fiscal Republicans? Are they selfish Republicans well, where it's like all about what works for me? My 95-year-old uncle um, uh, uh, is a Trump supporter because he believes he's good for Israel. See, that's one-issue uh, voters. And and this is my problem with one-issue vo- one voting. It's okay to have a an issue that you're passionate about, but not at the expense of like harming everyone else. Because first of all, it's just selfish. And second of all, they will eventually come for you. That's just how it goes. Just because they've got you surrounded and they're leaving you alone at the moment, they're still assholes. Yeah. So well, well, also I will say that when people say like, "Oh, I'm a one-issue voter," it's like I I always bring up the fact that like, well, I'm glad you had that luxury because for a while privilege. I couldn't be a one-issue voter. I had to vote for people who objectively said I don't believe in marriage equality, and so I I had to vote essentially against my own interests because. I wanted to vote for a president, but I knew that none of the candidates wanted to have marriage equality. And so I feel like when people say, oh, I'm a one-issue voter, it's like, well, you have that luxury because you you haven't been put upon. Yeah, so. there was a time in history when Republicans and Democrats were equally horrible about civil rights. Yeah. And then it was Johnson who, who made the turn where, he, where he, he pretty much said, I'm going to vote in favor of civil rights and we're going to Democrats are going to lose the South. But, and but that's you know, what I, happened. this brings back, though, you were you teed up the whole issue of why Americans historically have not participated, not voted. I think the thing that that is upsetting to me is there's this uh, attack on people who tend not to vote without an acknowledgement of the of the relentless undermining of their ability to vote, their access to voting, right. their access to information about voting, um, and and this this almost uh, disinformation about uh, <gasps> that that's been hurled at generations of people over time We're that their, that their vote does not count and does not matter. And what we have to do is is turn that around mm-hmm. and and stop attacking the people that aren't voting as mm-hmm. as as the problem right. when looking at the systemic. Uh, push against them participating. We're just trying to empower yeah. them. And, I mean, I did a, I did a show, a, a little workshop that I thought was so smart and had the head of the Democratic and had the Republican parties in, in California talking about how to increase voter participation. And it was all very kumbaya. And then the cameras got turned off and the head of the Republican Party said to me, because so, he thought we were friends, <laughs> well, actually, who says we want more people to vote? We want the right people to vote. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. And so, I, well, I know that's their agenda. And I, I think, but I, I think they, that's but... happening on both sides. I mean, I just saw somebody tweet out that their father, they were like, my father's a Republican, so I'm protesting by throwing away his ballot. And it's like, no, that's no, no, not no. going to get us anywhere. You know, it's like, but like you said with not, I think for a while the one of them also one of the like i said it was like a having a book report due but it's also like i've tried so many times to get into sports but i feel like i never know all of the things about sports and i feel that way about politics i feel right. like when i try and talk about politics i feel the same way about talking about sports i go oh you know well i don't believe this well do you remember the 1979 election i'm like no i don't remember that <laughs> like so it's like you you get thrown right. so many different facts. And I'm just like it, it's overwhelming, and it, so it is. It's it's it is. like I'm I'm a history buff, so it's not as overwhelming for me because I've been studying this my whole life. But like anything else, you just peel it back a layer at a time. Like there's only so much information that your brain can hold one day, and then the next day you put more in. That's so if you if you if you subscribe right. to like Pod Save America or something well, that you yeah. and you spend 15 minutes a day listening to Rachel Maddow, you're gonna learn, and yeah. then pretty well, soon you're gonna be the one spouting all the facts about history. I, I, I would like people to listen to more than just Rachel Maddow because I have the same problem. I have to be frank. I don't. I to me the the all MSNBC, all Fox. To me, it's it, it's problematic. So what's a good yeah. diet? Because, what's a good balanced diet? For- it should be a, a a little bit of everything and reading and and then making and then talking to people. I mean, it's it's really important to have a balanced news diet of as many different sources as possible because because that that opinion relentless sort of fire hose of opinion masquerading as news is, I don't is problematic. Think, I don't think she's just opinion, though. I, I, think... I, I don't get me wrong. I think I think she's great. I think it's critical that she exists. I really do. She, yeah. But, but, but I also think that if people only watch Rachel Maddow, um, that we, we can't be complaining about these, the, the Fox News people uh, as, as, you know, as you need balance and, and, and many sources of news. And, and that includes not just watching Rachel Maddow. I think it's probably important to know what's going on on Fox and a bunch of other places. How about I really the Daily? Do. Is a Daily like if, if you're giving a, Journal, someone everything. like this who doesn't have cable something to do every day? What what, what should I give her? <laughs> uh, five cents a day. To me, to me, <laughs> it's 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 a combination of things. It's making sure that you're Washington Post, the New York Times, but they, but you know a variety of things. Business, Wall Street Journal. I mean, to me, it's it's a it's a mix of everything foreign news news from other countries about covering us because sometimes yeah. there's perspective that they don't do and hyper local news as well mm-hmm. and to me it is it is it is really important to have a, a lot of different news sources because that that's the way you get to sort of go well this is what they say about that and this is what they say about that and you know and to and to really sort of process that yeah. mm-hmm. but but the other thing is but I do agree it is very confusing when we get huge humongous ballots that are very confusing it is really important to talk to people make it a social thing yeah and right. i think be open too i think it's like that's why i think social media is, is can be more harmful than good cuz it has that anonymity and so people are so vicious and mean when they have a difference of opinion i think the face-to-face helps a lot more oh yeah a conversation but it it it, have you ever found yourself up against uh someone who's just spewing the the fox party line you know because you you do like like Lori's right like you do have to be really well informed and well versed with your own um clear point of view when they when they say something to you that that they feel is logical but it, it there's so many layers 
about it that are so wrong that you don't even like you don't even know how to begin. Oh, I found myself getting caught in that trap with a cousin who lives in Tampa, Florida, mm-hmm. who's just oh, this Florida. hard right wing conservative. You don't and, have to say anything after Florida. And, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. why we need Gillum. It's always Florida. <laughs> uh, and it was right after the Women's March. And I just, I couldn't control myself. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to get sucked into this toxic vortex. Sometimes I just don't say anything because Mm -hmm. I don't know where to begin. My brother registered to vote for the first time in 36 years so he could vote for Trump. Really? Wow. He lives in Northern California. What did he like about him? I don't know because I said, we're never talking about this. Sorry. I think people, I think maybe people that feel weak, weak inherently saw him as a badass. Oh, well, he's just going to be a badass and that'll be fun to watch like wrestling or something. Well, it's I, the I same reason why the new Brazilian president was elected. Oh. It's like he, he, people kept saying that he, you know, he, he doesn't play by the rules. He says what he wants to say. It's like schizophrenics on outside of 7-Eleven do the same thing. We're not going to elect him president. I don't vote for them. He yeah. makes Trump look like a Girl Scout, apparently. I know. Yeah. Well. But I think that it's just people who they're just so taught. They don't. It's like people like me who don't necessarily understand politics, but they're just so tired of what's happening. And what they don't realize is that it's not it's not that people are out to get them. It's that the system, they haven't been paying attention to the system. They need to work for they need to within. work within the system. Within. And that so they thought, well, if we just send a grenade in there, then that'll shake things up. It's like, no, it's not. Gonna, that's not going to happen. That sounds kind of like the uh, progressive left of the Democratic Party. Yeah. <laughs> or the non-Democrats. Yeah. I mean, on the extremes, also, I think it, extremes throw us out of balance. And what what we want to strive for as a society is, is balance, you know, something reasonable that works for the most amount of people. When when we all do better, we all do better. So it's not uh, it's not a zero sum game. It's not a competition. It's like, what's our common ground and what's the best thing for the most amount of people? I mean, you don't want to be the rich guy living on a hill and you come down off your hill and there's no village there. Like, what's yeah. the point of that? We need everyone to do well. How hard is that to understand? I think that's why Bernie got such a groundswell because I, I, I mean, I loved Hillary, but I think that Bernie was very much like anytime somebody threw something crazy at him, he was like, look. We all want this, we right? We all want we all want people we all want debt free to be debt free. We all want to have universal health care. So I think that those are the those are the talking points that I learned is like when I had a high school friend that was like, Oh, I'm not gonna vote because the Illuminati already decided it and I was like, Okay. Do you want free health care? Do you want do you want to not have to, you know, be in so, so much debt? Do you want to be able to drive on roads that are paved? Like vote, you know, like it's just these little things that I think are going to go a long way. Yeah. It, things don't just happen. You, you know, you have to work for it. And um, we're going to talk about where you can go if you want to help people drive to the polls. Do you guys have the website for um, I think it's carpoolvote.com. One of them is an app. Yeah. So you can, if you scroll down, because I think it says if you need a ride, click here. And if you'd like to drive people, click oh, that's here. Nice. And so that's really cool. If there's something you, that you think, oh, I can, I can do something on election day. Like you just click there and sign up and you'll be driving people to the polls and you can take their stickers. I think Uber um, and Lyft are also offering free rides. Are they really? In a limited way. In a limi- oh, really? It's, yeah. There's some limits to it? Oh, yeah, that's so, nice so. though. I was going to ask if I would get five stars if I uh, drove <laughs> if somebody. A Lyft driver yeah. did that. Yes. Oh, look, it shows you Just like five stickers. There's our area. 
And then you can pick Remember, up. all politics is local. That's right. All yeah. a very local. smart person once said, so driving someone to the polls is... Who was the smart person who said that? Was, was it Ben Franklin? O'Neill? Oh, it I wasn't Ben it Franklin? Was Kanye West. Kanye. Um, all right. What's Twitter trending? Is another excellent reason to vote. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the news today, but there was a smear campaign against Robert Mueller... It appears to have been started by a Jacob Wall, who bills himself on Twitter as 20-year-old financier and political commentator slash conservative, comma, Trump supporter, Zionist slash writer. Um, he's apparently the kind of writer who makes things up. So um, I guess he started some, he's the mastermind behind a smear campaign where they were going to, they were going to, pardon me? Why put this up? Why, why talk about this? I because mean, this is part of my show. We do yeah. what's Twitter trending. Is he, is he? This is why we vote. Is he a real person or is he a troll? Could he be a Russian I troll? I mean, this is what's on the news today. So this is what's Twitter trending. Oh, maybe he's a Russian troll. He might not be a real person. I haven't really looked up all the details, but the idea is that he was paying women to say that Mueller had been inappropriate with them. I oh, did see boy. this last night on Twitter, and it was alerted to me by real journalists who said... Don't believe what's coming out in the next few days because it's coming from this so guy. So do you know blah, how blah, blah. we got ahead of the story this time? So mm -hmm. do, do you know how it that did. happened? Tell me. Because apparently he was trying to get the story ahead and he forwarded it to a number of real journalists. And they decided to vet him. <laughs> so he dug his own grave. Are there going to be consequences? Is there some? Was there some sort of crime committed? <laughs> He's an idiot. All right. <laughs> And I was looking for something more interesting to trend today, but that was it. It kept popping up to the top of the feed. What, Trump trying to uh, to change the Constitution with his pen? There's That's also that nurse that killed over 100 people. <laughs> what was that? Tell me about that. I didn't see that on, on my Twitter. There's a nurse who just uh, pled guilty, I think it was in Germany, to killing over 100 people. I don't know. I, I was just like, I need a polit politics-free day. So I decided to read, <laughs> read about I, a nurse. What I want to know is how do you guys feel about the media following Trump everywhere and covering everything he says? That's been the whole problem. So. So I think that w what just happened here, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is this is going after whatever is trending on Twitter mm -hmm. is part of the problem. So if if it, that is the problem, because whatever the most ridiculous, uh, extreme, uh, that's that's how this disinformation works, is they put out something really that they know is you got to want to talk about it. And then it, we do the job of passing on the information. While we are saying it's look look at this ridiculous thing, we are passing it on, right? And that is what's going on. That is what we did on Facebook in 2016. So it's the shiny all object. Of us, all of us did passed on bad information because we even in the in the and the effort to bat it down, mm -hmm. we passed on misinformation, problem, and that's what's this is this is what this is set up to do. Yes, but the problem is we are still human. And, and we will react to something that, that's gossipy or... And we have to be smarter than that right now. We Isn't have to it... be smarter. We've now... We, what the, we only hope that is going on right now is 2016, we did not know as much about the, the effort to, to misinform all of us. Mm -hmm. We do know now. And that's why we don't pass on. You don't uh, repost something on Facebook until you personally have gone to the link and looked at it, then gone to Snopes, then gone to see if it's reported on some other news media. And it's really important to do the same on Twitter. I mean, because because it is 
I've been guilty of sort of getting all excited about all sorts of things. Um, and then you realize that's what it's meant to do. I am, I am in the ecosystem passing on stuff that is meant to make people more fearful in their little silos, mm -hmm. make people think they need to go get guns, make people think they're coming across because we, even in those of us saying, look how ridiculous this is. That means I am passing that on. Mm -hmm. So it is really important to not like just do what is Twitter trending because we need to be better than that. Mm -hmm. We need to be smarter than that. Now, I have I have worn out my mute button because they can't seem to tell any story without showing a thousand Trump sound bites, even ones that we've heard a billion times. Can't you just paraphrase him? I it OK. He made news. Tell me what he said. But I cannot. I can't. This is poisonous. Why is it that they did? Is he in fact ratings? Does he equal ratings? Is, oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. That's very, what very it's very about. As, I mean, as a journalist, is journalism posting a video clip or is journalism analyzing it, talking about it, reporting on it as something but not repeating been, it verbatim? It's been a very, very difficult thing to watch because a lot of uh, there's been a lot of stenography as opposed to reporting. And 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 it is very there is an idea that you let someone's words hang them. So we did a reasonable amount of that on 60 Minutes, which is like, well, I'll just, you know, let this 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 person hang themselves with their own words. Uh, my beloved colleagues um, at 60 Minutes did this last interview with Trump um, was yeah. they got used, in my mm -hmm. opinion. And and part of it is. To, they, they were not prepared. We are, I think journalism as, as a rule is not prepared for what this is. Um, there's, a, there's a tendency, and it started when I was at 60 Minutes, there was a, a, a real attack, there's been an attack for decades now against the media as being liberal, which is sort of nonsense, especially it was, at 60 Minutes was just anything but. It was all over the mm -hmm. place. I mean, I could give you all sorts of examples where they were doing stories on the same show was doing stories on every side of the issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but but there was this relentless onslaught. So you found like you're starting to internalize this. I am I am I a liberal bias? And my, well, I got to make sure I'm not. And that's what you, I see you, that going on now, which is this fear, such fear of 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 being of trying to find a middle road. Well, a middle road between um, a, a crazy fascist that, you know, and and. Uh, you know, reasonable is is, is insane. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so it is it is a problem. You need to not. You can report what's said. You can say whether or not it's true. We had an obligation to not report untrue things, even if they were direct quotes. That was what we were taught when we were fact checking the evening news on CBS Evening News. We had my job at some one point was literally from four thirty to six thirty was to fact check all of it. It seems like we're in a constant state of, can you believe he said this? And well, that, that's all it is. And we are passing on the information when we say, can you believe he said this? Yes, he has said it. He will say it. He will say worse things. We need to be focused on what to do about it. And that is voting, getting people to vote and staying focused on what laws are getting passed and what judges are being rammed through. And and also, yes, you're right. We Before we do post anything on social media, you do have to research it. I had uh, posted about one of the um, uh, victims uh, at the temple in in uh, Pittsburgh that she was a Holocaust victim, and apparently she wasn't. Uh, Rose Ballinger? Oh. 
I had heard that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I heard that she wasn't. Okay. And I don't okay. even, I, you know, I just got so emotional when I read it, I immediately posted it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, what happens is it's like you get into this emotional state mm-hmm. and that's the first thing you want to do. And uh, I think that, yeah. you know. And I think it. that's how they they prey on people is that they put out that information at, you know, vulnerable times. It's like we're under psychological <laughs> warfare. Right. Yeah. And well, we're all exhausted. It's true. We one are, of the people that I think is most to blame is CNN. I think that CNN has kind of portrayed themselves as victims. I mean, I, I, I feel awful that they had to go through what they went through this week. But I think that also they are just now they were the ones who were just dead focused on Trump during the election. Now they're dead focused on him. They keep bringing back pundits. They keep bringing back Kellyanne Conway. They keep bringing back people who say the same rhetoric over and over again just so they can point and go, isn't that crazy? Yeah, but can they? how can they not? I mean, but realistically... Can, at some point, just... you got to just stop. Like, I mean, like, you, at some point, you got you to gotta say, like, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. It, I think I think that's a difficult thing when you're in the daily news business and the, and he's the president. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain level of this. I mean, I think it's also be parsing like the difference between a rally and and a press conference or a policy based thing. Yeah. Um. But but I, I it's right now we have to take personal responsibility and and that's where we are right now. We have to take the responsibility to not pass on just because it's fun to say. And we need to take personal responsibility in our communities to be vetting what we are voting about and to be involved to some degree, somehow, and to get other people involved. And that is the way we come back from this and deal with our fellow human beings, even those who now are under a fever of, of whatever, fever of extreme extremism they and give them room to come back because mm-hmm. we have to we need yeah. them to come back so, and, yeah. and to not vilify them and to not 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 talk to them mm-hmm. i know because because it's hard um yeah. I, you know what i mean it's really hard mm-hmm. but but they're our fellow americans and and we need to give everybody room for when the fever breaks cuz it will break right mm-hmm. so i'm going to end with uh, facebook feed time And this comes from my friend Diane Diamond. Go ahead, Lori. Some of the most incredible people I know voted for Donald Trump, and some of the most incredible incredible people I know voted for Hillary Clinton. The people that I know that voted for Trump are not racist, misogynistic, or hateful, and the people that voted for Hillary Clinton are not hateful and intolerable. If you are someone who woke up this morning and is going to start seeing people as who they voted for and not as the person you have always known them to be, then you are what is wrong with America. I will never think any less of any people who has different views than me because some of the most beautiful, inspirational people I know will disagree with what I believe all day long. But at the end of the day, they are still that beautiful, inspirational person I have always known them as. I don't think less of people because some of their beliefs don't align with yours and don't lose quality people in your life because you choose to hate over love. And, you know, all of that is really true, although I do understand your reaction to your brother. And it's it's really hard to understand how someone could vote for someone who on the campaign trail was so relentlessly hateful and cruel. And he opened with name calling and racist, misogynistic statements. And so it's it's really hard to understand. And it's really hard to not be afraid. And that my first reaction as 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 many in this country was just one of fear like what's going to happen to us are we going to come through this are we going to be okay 
Um, and, I, and I feel actually things have ended up worse than I felt they were going to be. But the thing that I actually am having a harder time with is I he is who he is and it's not going to change. The thing that is inconceivable to me and I still can't get over is the Republican Party. Yeah, I I believed that they cared about the country. I believe that they were patriots. I believe that they believed in fiscal responsibility. What look look at the debt. I mean, you know, I I believed their words. And none of what they've been doing in the last two years has has uh, it's been the opposite. Their actions have been the opposite of. And so I I am constantly finding myself surprised that the Republican Party that is in Congress and there are many Republicans who are not OK with this are behaving the way they are. And so our job is to uh, educate this this version of the Republican Party um, that this is not who we are in this country. And I think this this version of Republicans has been bought by dark money through Citizens United and they, they have primaried every true conservative who's a real patriot. And that's sad. I think we're going to have to burn down that party and build it. I know it. Build it, it back. It's I know it's dark. And, and there are a lot of times where I, I I'm very you know, like I, I go, I, ha- I have to read a story about a nurse who killed 100 people to feel better about myself. Um, but I think, you know, I, there's puppies being rescued. That I, you can, my sister goes there. I don't know. Um, I, I actually kind of feel a little bit hopeful in certain aspects because I feel like what the election of Trump has taught us is that you know, it, politics is not as far away as everybody thought. I mean, there have been people, there was that transgender woman who won an election because of the bathroom bill and she was like, I'm going to do it. And then she won. And there was mm-hmm. that young woman in New York, I believe, who won the election. So I think it's showing us that, like, if you want to run for office, if you want to make a difference, you can. Mm-hmm. You just have to get up and do it. And like you said, knock on doors and and, and start a gra- groundswell. And then, so I think that aspect of it, I'm hoping people will take and just move like lightning with well there's rumors about bloomberg running for president now uh, we can talk about who should run for president and uh i'm just wondering well you you ask about what happened to the republican party if Mm -hmm. that were the case would that bring back the uh people that have been being held hostage it's in possible. that party. Yeah, it's it's anything's anything's he's socially possible. liberal. Yeah, he's socially. He's yeah. a New York uh, Republican. Yeah. But you know, this girl's team Biden. So, because I just think we need Dad to come in and 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 fix oh, what's broken for... for for at least you know one term. But we can go around and talk about who should run because we for you know Oprah even Winfrey. Democrats will very much disagree about who who the strongest. But I, I do agree with you that that part of what getting involved has done for me personally is I, I end up much more hopeful as well. I mean, yes, there's a lot of stuff that is upsetting that is happening on a daily basis, um, but it has also been really inspiring to see how many people, I think that what's going on uh, out here, I mean, is mo- one of the more uncovered stories uh, in my lifetime because it is huge, yeah. the number of people that have gotten involved that have never gotten involved before. And it's kind of under the radar, um, in my opinion, uh, in yeah. a way that like the Tea Party wasn't. And it was, I think this dwarfs was the Tea Party. Oh, absolutely. I went to the Women's March and I made a little movie about it. And, you know, I was talking to a woman on the subway because I had a camera so I could talk to everybody. And, and, and she said, now what matters is and we've shown that we can flood the streets. Now what matters is a, what are we going to go home and, and do? And I think we've done it. And I do think it has shined a, a bright light on who we are and who we aspire to be. And so 
it's citizens coming forward and saying that does not represent us. We're not being properly represented. Let's make sure we are being properly represented. And, and a lot of people like you and you and you and you and maybe even me have stepped forward and said, you know, what can I do? Because now we each have a responsibility to uh, save our democracy. I was surprised that I, I actually was surprised because I went to the Women's March, too, and I was surprised. I thought, well, this is great. It's going to be a march, but it's, you know, to go away like everything else. And it hasn't. It's, it's grown over the last two years, mm-hmm. not gotten smaller. Yeah, I have more pink clothes than when I started. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to thank Leslie Sackheim, uh, Marley Klaus. This Doug is your Osborne. only dark outfit that you have, right? This is the only thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have worn my pink hat. Um, uh, Lori Roggenkamp, I want to, David Court, Francesco DeMondo, Thomas Hubble, Lane McFadden. I am Louise Planker. We want you to vote, and we will see you next week on Election Day. Bye-bye.